According to some recent reports, there are over 23,000 property management businesses in North America. That's a lot of people starting up in this amazing business. Today, I'm talking about taking that leap into professional property management, how to get started and how to sustain the business. This is the Vacation Rental Success Podcast, keeping you up to date with news, views, information and resources on this rapidly changing short-term rental business. I'm your host, Heather Bayer, and with 25 years of experience in this industry, I'm making sure you know what's hot, what's not, what's new and what will help make your business a success. Well, hello and welcome to another episode of the Vacation Rental Success Podcast. It is great to be with you once again. I'm now down here in Texas where I'll be for the next two months and sitting here in my recreational vehicle recording this podcast, which is easy. So lovely to be able to manage my business remotely. And I do, along with some help, I manage a property management business back in Ontario. And this is the busy time of year. We've got loads and loads of bookings coming in and I have a team. In fact, I just came off a meeting with that team where we were talking about things that have happened during the week and things that we need to do. And quite honestly, it was no different from being in a brick and mortar office and having that meeting. So, Today, I'm talking about property management businesses, you know, about starting up in one of these businesses. And you may already be managing other people's properties. Maybe you've got one or two, maybe you've got 30 or 40. Maybe you're just managing your own properties. And you know, that's property management as well. It doesn't matter. Taking on third party properties adds in another dimension, obviously, because you're dealing with a different client group. But even if you are managing your own, like uh, you remember I talked to V, Lee, a few weeks ago on the podcast and she talked about investing in properties and then creating her own property management business to run those properties. And she doesn't have any intention of, at the moment, at the moment, V, you don't have any intention of taking on any third party properties, properties that belong to other people, but that may come along but you are still in the property management business. So what I'm going to say in this episode does apply to everybody really who manages a property. You're in the property management business, whether you like it or not. And talking about taking the leap. So taking a leap from looking after your own properties to managing for other people. I mean, it's a logical step for many owners who want to make a full-time business out of short-term rentals. In fact, unless you're going to do what V does and invest in a lot of properties and create a large portfolio of your own properties, you're not going to make a full-time business out of managing your own. So for the majority of people, they are going to move in to managing for other people. And this is how most property management companies got started. It's how I started and I'll talk about that in a second. But given the massive growth in the industry right now, there's a sort of Wild West feel about it all. And I just wanted in this podcast and in something I'm going to be talking about at the end of the podcast, I want to bring some order 
to the chaos because it does feel chaotic at the moment on Facebook groups and in forums and across other social media platforms. I hear all the time about people saying, oh, I'm, I'm going to be managing XXX property or somebody's out there on Facebook saying, who knows of properties that can, you know, I can pull into my management portfolio. And the other thing that has come along at the same time is this growth in the sort of, I hesitate to call them courses because to me, a course means professional training and I'm not sure how professional some of these are. And the books and the downloads that tell you how to create a million dollars in short-term rentals without lifting a finger. It isn't going to happen. It really isn't. I just want to just step back a bit to something that Amy Hynote wrote in the winter edition of VRM Intel. And if you're not reading VRM Intel online or having the magazine, the free magazine sent to your door, please go to vrmintel.com and subscribe because this is where you get all the really good information on what's going on out there. But she wrote in an article, which is about the Wild West. It's called the Wild West. And she says, this next decade, the 20s, will establish professionalism and bring sensible and sustainable regulations to the vacation rental industry. And those panning for gold and looking for easy ways to make quick fortunes will eventually move to more tempting pastures. So what she's referring to as those panning for gold isn't clear, but my bets are on the real estate investors being promised millions for a passive income business. Well, we know that's just not a thing. You know, how can great hospitality be classed as passive income because unless you're sort of ceding your property to a professional management company and you're confident in their ability to deliver the wow factor to your guests, I just said it, it just ain't going to happen, folks. You know, let's get back to basics here. Professional property management is more than just passing out the tasks to apps, to platforms, to bots, and an ever-changing rotation of house cleaners. It takes dedication, it takes integrity, it takes a philosophy of customer service and hospitality and a huge, and I mean huge, dose of hard work. Something that really brought that home to me was in my interview with Andrew McConnell of Rented.com in the new year. And I have mentioned this before because it, it really had quite a bit of impact. And Andrew, one of Andrew's business partners is Cliff Johnson, who was a co founder of Vacasa. And do you know what Vacasa is? It's one of the biggest property management companies in the world. I mean, this is huge. And I've, I've often wondered, you know, how, well, how did they start? How did Vacasa start? And I will get Cliff Johnson on the show and get him to talk about how, how they started. Because what Andrew was saying, he was talking about property managers who need to be involved in their business, who need to know what it's about, who need to be hands-on, certainly at some stage of their business. And usually this is, this is in the startup. And Andrew was talking about a 4th of July weekend way back at uh, at the start of Vacasa maybe it was it was just before they started i don't know but he's and andrew said that he called cliff on the 4th of july weekend to say hey guy how are you doing this weekend you know what's the weekend looking like for you and cliff said my weekend looks like cleaning properties and 
washing pan basins in vacation rental bathrooms. What does yours look like? And Andrew said, well, mine looks like lying out on the beach with a beer, which is probably what most people would be doing on their July the 4th weekend. But Cliff was hands-on in his company. And part of being hands-on means gaining a huge knowledge of what goes on in this business, understanding what you're putting your staff into when the time comes to get staff. So I should also say, when I say it takes dedication, integrity, customer service, hospitality, and a huge dose of hard work, it also takes a sense of humour. You need to have that sense of humour because if you're going to be cleaning toilets on a 4th of July weekend, you've got to be laughing about it. But it's just all part of the business. My good friend Andy Medic from Sea Change Vacation Rentals in Delaware Beaches is a real hands-on property manager. On a Saturday in the summer you go onto his Facebook page and he might be posting a photo of the back of his vehicle as he's driving away from a property and it's just loaded high in the back with linens being taken to the laundry. And he's doing this. He's within the business. Now, this is not to say that when you've built a great business, you can't step back and let other people do it for you. That is what I do now. And I'm going to be talking a little bit about my story in a second. But I just wanted to mention as well something that Matt Landau mentioned on the Vacation Rental Marketing blog recently in his article on Cottage Industry 3.0. And I, of course, talked to Matt about this in a previous episode. Basically, he's saying this this new type of cottage industry, this new professionalism in property management is not going to be handed to us on a silver platter. He says, and I'm quoting, it requires deciding on the purpose of your vacation rental business, finding and utilising the right technology to achieve that purpose without compromising your values, standards or lifestyle, and also uniting with other like-minded professionals in neighbourhoods virtual forums and industry-wide events. I mean, he's really nailed it there. You know, you've got to know where you're going with your business. You've got to find and use that right technology. And you do need to network with others. And this was something that I didn't have myself 17, is it 17 years ago? Yes, we started around about the end of 2003. Just come out to Canada. We've been out in Canada for about five years owning our own properties. I had five or six properties at that time, but I'd been commuting backwards and forwards to England. But in 2003, we moved out to Canada permanently and started up our property management company and did it in partnership with somebody that was already running a listing site in Canada, in Ontario. But he remained very much a silent partner for the first sort of four or five years of our business. And I did it much on my own with my husband helping out in any way that he he could. And it was tough because we didn't have anywhere near the sort of technology that we have now. We were still taking reservations by fax. We were advertising in paper catalogues. We were taking $500 damage deposit at the door and then giving it back at the end after you'd done an inspection of the property. That, Amy, that was Wild West. That was definitely Wild West at that time. So maybe the whole Wild West thing never goes away. But I felt isolated at that point because 
we didn't have the opportunity then to do what Matt suggests, and that's unite with other like-minded professionals in neighbourhoods, virtual and forums and industry-wide events. Because to start with, the other property management companies were very secretive. They didn't want to talk. It was all very competitive and everybody seemed to do their own thing in their own little space and not to talk to each other. Of course, it was before Facebook. There weren't the virtual forums and groups out there. And I guess that was a start of VRMA and some industry-wide events, but I certainly didn't know about them at the time. So we were stuck in this situation of really not knowing what to do and, and how to do it. So we made all sorts of wrong decisions. And I know if I went back and did it all over again, I'm going to do it very, very differently. I mean, for starters, we did no strategic planning at the outset. We didn't research the competition, apart from the fact that knowing they were out there because it was really difficult to research the competition because you know, we're talking 2003, definitely you could go onto Google and find some information, but it wasn't as widespread and open as it is now. You know, we kicked off with a really scattergun approach when finding new owners. And actually, we didn't really define our niche until recently. I mean, one of we've really de- honed down on a niche recently, and that's, that's in the pet-friendly area. But after all, we've done pretty well, despite not starting out in the professional manner we do if we, if we started up today. So I want to talk about what makes a great property management business a business. Then I'll talk about the general principles that should govern every startup, the six questions you need to ask yourself, and seven factors to take into account when researching the competition. And then if we've got some time, I'm going to talk about how to establish a niche and a little bit on finding new owners to build your business. So what actually is a property management business? I mean, they do come in different shapes. And there's there's some companies that's very few of them. Um, Ours is one. And we are very much more focused on marketing and the administration of rentals and not so much on actually managing the property because our properties are very widely dispersed. If you listen to the the podcast enough, you will know that we don't go around collecting linens or garbage or doing inspections. We actually work closely with every single owner to ensure that they have professional cleaning and maintenance in place. But the owners actually take care of that side of it. We just have some very, very high standards that they have to meet. And if if we get a complaint, it's our business on the line. So they, they don't last long with us. So a property management business is about doing the jobs that owners don't want to do. And if you're thinking about going into this business, you need to answer this question because it's going to come to you. What can you do for an owner that they can't do for themselves if they advertised on Airbnb or VRBO? Sorry, Verbo. Um, It's a question we've been asked, oh, dozens of times. Well, Airbnb's out there. They tell me that they that they manage my business. They do all the property management that um, that you say you're going to do. And they do it for 8%. And you're asking 17% or 20%. That's that's the sort of commission rate we're on. So you need to think about, you know, what what your unique selling point is within your property management business. You are going to be creating income for clients. That is a big part of your property management business. So your owners are a huge component of this. 
if you don't have the owners and if you're not creating the income for them, then you're not going to have any business at all. So they've got to be out there front and centre. That relationship between you and your owners is paramount. And then what is a property management business? It's about being the best. This is competitive. It's a hugely competitive business. Now, we are very fortunate up here in Ontario that nobody can start a business that offers third-party properties for rental unless they are registered with the Travel Industry Council of Ontario. So we have this registration scheme, which is quite onerous to go through, and it costs quite a lot of money to get set up with that. So it's sort of exclusive because it pushes out anybody who'd like to do this business but doesn't have the $10,000 to start with that you need to lodge with TECO. In different states across the US, and I'm sure in other parts of the world, each state, each province, each area will have different regulations on managing third-party properties. I know in some states of the US, you have to be a realtor or you have to be a registered property manager and managing residential properties, which I, I never have understood because to me, the property management rental business is tourism. It is not commercial residential real estate. So there's some issues surrounding what we actually do, what we actually are. And, and that's something that pops up here occasionally when the realtors decide that they really want to start renting out properties. And we say, well, you have to be members of TECO. And they say, well, we're already members of our real estate association, which makes us qualified. And we have this argument that goes backwards and forwards every so often. But you just, you, you know, you have to know if you're able to do this in your own area. So here's what I would do differently if I was starting up again. And really what I would do differently brings out the general principles that should govern every startup. We never had any written values. You know, our values now, we know about our values. One of them is certainly hospitality. I didn't have that value of hospitality when we started out. You know, basically, I'm just renting this place. People are going to come stay. They're going to leave and we're going to clean it up and then the next people will come. Now, it's an in, because we have this value of best hospitality, that drives our business to ensure that all our guests are treated wonderfully from the moment they inquire with us to the moment they leave the property and beyond. But we didn't have written values. We didn't have any goals or targets with timelines. We started out with, oh, it would be nice. It would be really nice to have 10 properties or it would be really nice to have, you know, in three years' time, perhaps we'll have 30. Perhaps we'll have more. But we didn't have any concrete goals, anything to aim for. It was just like, it very much was, it would be really nice if, which is definitely not a goal. We didn't have any sort of targets over, let's say, 12 weeks. And that's something that I really like to do is do, okay, let's break down the year into quarters and let's have targets for each quarter that everybody works to. And, and this works really well in a seasonal business because you know exactly how busy you're going to be and how you can allocate your targets to different people within your team. So, yeah, no goals or targets with timelines. We didn't have a marketing strategy. 
Although having said that, when when we started out, HomeAway hadn't even bought VRBO at that time. So VRBO was out there, but they didn't like to, because it was vacation rentals by owner, we couldn't advertise our managed properties on there. It's very different now, of course. We put our properties on local listing sites, but no real strategy, you know, no budget, no real financial plans. We definitely didn't have any unique selling point or any way of defining our niche. Get the picture? We, we, and I, but I think that a lot of people are starting up these days exactly in that way. So you need to think about your values your goals and targets and putting some timelines in, what your marketing strategy is, what your budget is, what your financial plans are. You know, are you going to sustain yourself through the low season? You know, you could make a lot of money in July and August, but then that's got to keep you going right the way through. If you're a business like ours, which relies on a July, August primary season, that money's got to last right the way through to next year. We didn't really have those plans. And yeah, no USP, no niche. What we did do was give our owners excellent service. We appreciated from the outset that without owners, we don't have a business. So we wanted to make them a partner in our business as far as we could. Now, realising that many of our owners these days are investors and they actually don't want to be hands-on. They don't want to be involved, which is why they're using a property management company. But those who do want involvement, we ask how they want to market their property, what suggestions they have. And we get some great suggestions from our owners. So there we are. The general principles are the same for the start of any vacation rental business, any business, in fact. Create a strategic plan, research a competition, carve a niche acquire owners, market wisely, and automate the systems. So I'm just going to go into a little more depth into some of these. And, you know, maybe I'll stretch this out into another episode because you can tell as I talk, I get so excited about this. This is where I live within this business and have done for for nearly 25, 26 years now, managing my own properties and then managing other people's. So It does excite me. It drives me from the moment I wake up in the morning to the moment I go to bed at night. And often, you know, when I wake up in the middle of the night and I dream about it, that is so sad. But it means that sort of, yeah, I think I know what I'm talking about. So I just want to talk about strategic planning for a bit and give you, if if you're thinking about going into this business, I want to give you six questions to ask yourself as you go into this. And if you're already running a professional business, and I know many of you who are listening to this, you're already there. You're already managing your property. But you know, when did you last review your five-year plan? I mean, do you have a five-year plan? Because if you don't, it's time to start. Because with a five-year plan, you review it, then you expand it to encompass the wider vision of managing additional properties. So these are the questions. Number one, how do your new goals of property management fit into the overall picture? So look out over the next five years. Where do you want to be in five years time? Where are you now and how are you going to get there? So you need to do some brainstorming. And now if you're a solo entrepreneur, 
you're going to do this brainstorming all by yourself. But if you have the benefit of having a team or somebody you're working with, maybe it's a partner, this is something, in fact, all this strategic planning work should be done with with them so that you're all on the same page. So you could, maybe you've listened to one of my podcast episodes with Steve Milo where he talks about, you know, he started with one or two properties of his own. He was still managing his business by himself when he had 125 properties under management and just using cleaning and housekeeping staff. I recently spoke to Richard and Sophie Smith from Beside the Sea Holidays in the UK and their overall picture is to have no more than 45 properties because they don't want to grow and have to take on staff that come into work for them. So they have that very firmly in mind. They know where their ceiling is. You also need to know how many properties are needed to finance a full-time business. If you want to be full-time, you need to know those numbers. And I talked to Brooke Fouts of Vintori recently, and that's an upcoming podcast where he talks about owner acquisition and taking on new properties and talks about the need to know these numbers. What does one property, what is the value of one property over a year, over five years, over 10 years, whatever that you feel the lifetime of that property is, what is that value to you? Because if you don't know that number, it's very difficult to set out a strategic plan over any length of time. Where will the business be located as it grows? I know of a number of people who are going into the property management business who are doing it remotely. This is tough because this is where I have been. And I think to do it professionally, it takes it takes a lot of time, a lot of trust and a lot of confidence in the people that you that, that you have on the ground. This is what Vacasa has done. They have boots on the ground in different locations, but they're not actually there themselves. So their business is located, I believe, in in Oregon, Portland, Seattle. Somebody will correct me, I'm quite sure. But they have properties all over the world. Are you going to be like Andy Medic, right in the centre of things? Or are you going to be more remote and then managing the people that are on the ground? Next question, what financial issues might be faced with a full-time rental operation? I just alluded to that a few minutes ago when I talked about seasonal businesses, that if your primary season is in two or three months of the year and then the rest of the year is low season, maybe with Thanksgiving, Christmas, New Year, giving you a little bit of a boost, it's usually not enough to bring in a steady income all the year round. You need to know your seasonality and what might occur through the year to throw you off course. Next, you need to do a SWOT analysis. Have you ever done one of those? It's one of those business things where you look at the strengths, weaknesses, opportunities and threats related to the business plan. So this takes in everything. So your strengths and weaknesses are more internal within your organisation and your organisation can be an organisation of one. So we're looking at those strengths and weaknesses but also you look at the opportunities and threats which are external. So opportunities, threats, opportunities might be, let's say, a new sports stadium being built or a new hospital being built in the area that you're servicing. Threats would be, of course, legislation, regulations, etc. 
So you want to do a full SWOT analysis on your potential business. It's a really interesting process and it will bring up a lot of things you may not have thought about because we do it as a sort of brainstorming and then go back and um, and spend more time on teasing out how all these strengths, weaknesses, opportunities and threats can actually impact the business. And then the sixth question is, how many people will you need to hire? You know, are you going to do a Richard and Sophie and say, nope, I'm not going to hire anybody to come and work in my house? Now, I know when I started, I had two or three people come into my house every day and they'd come in, go down to the basement where the office was. And then it was a really nice arrangement. At lunchtime, I would go upstairs, make a nice lunch. Everybody would come up in my kitchen and we'd have lunch. But I never had my house to myself, except at the weekends. But, you know, during the week, I couldn't take a half day off without there being other people around and about. So it was a factor to definitely take into consideration. You know, another question, of course, is are you going to look at brick and mortar offices? Are you going to actually go out and rent an office? I sometimes look around me in the in the area I am, and I should say here that we have seven full-time staff, but they all work remotely. Every one of our staff works from home and we connect via a variety of platforms. We use Asana, we use Slack, we use Skype. We've just had a team meeting as we do every week. And, you know, we, we, have, we all have coffee, we have donuts, we have a chat. It's as if we're in the same room. We do it on Zoom. It doesn't suit everybody. So you've got to think about how you want to manage that. So you need to take some time to look ahead, envisage what the business is going to look like in five years, because you'll want to put systems and processes in place that will pass the test of time and still work for you as the business grows. And I know this from experience. We are 17 years in. We are on our third property management software and thinking about time to move on to the next one. Because we we didn't have this overview at the beginning to say, where are we going to be in 20 years? And if we had, we might have gone for a more robust property management system. If we thought about it back then and said, how many properties do we need to finance this full-time business with seven staff? And I would have said, well, 200 properties. That would have defined, that would have defined what property management system we wanted. Now, I know today there are a gazillion apps and software platforms to support a short-term rental business. They're, oh, 10 times, maybe 20 times the amount or more, the amount that we had when I started out. And you also know that a property management system now will probably be superseded by something newer, brighter, shinier in the next couple of years. So really planning on what you need right now to last you for at least, I would say, 10 years. But uh, I know it probably won't probably be a lot less than that. But you need to really look ahead and choose those options that are going to stand the test of time. So then something else we didn't do, we didn't really research the competition. And there's going to be competition wherever you're located. You know, Airbnb has made it much easier for hosts to become managers. And I, I'm not sure if they still do the whole co-host thing. But as I said at the start, it's there's such an element of Wild West. 
in some areas with so many startup property managers. Now, unfortunately, this has brought with it its own set of problems because those that are not acting professionally, that has the disadvantage of of creating negative impact on those who do act professionally. Because people coming in and saying, I'd like to rent out my property and I want to use a manager, but how do I know which is a good one? So there are huge limitations to what's going on in the property management world at the moment. I mean, one of those limitations of the Airbnb co-host model is that the setup disallows any marketing on other listing platforms, which of course might be perfectly acceptable in urban markets that are predominantly Airbnb focused. The target market in destination locations may be looking on many, many other platforms, may be looking on Verbo and HomeAway and Booking.com. So, Confining your marketing to one platform makes absolutely no sense economically. So that aside, here's seven things you need to consider when you're looking at your competition. Number one, the number of properties under management. I mean, you make a spreadsheet and then you put all your competitors along the down down the side or along the top, it doesn't really matter, all your competitors, and then you're going to have columns for number of properties under management, their average nightly rate, their occupancy levels, that allows you to assess levels of saturation, their terms and conditions of rental. Take a look through those. Do they have terms and conditions? What can you find out about the company from those? You want to uh, evaluate their web design. You can find a friendly geek who can find data on that website, You know how, how it's doing, uh, how many backlinks there are. I'm not sure if... I'm I'm not very web savvy, but I, I'm thinking backlinks are probably still important. I'm sure somebody will let me know if they're not. But, you know, you just want to find somebody geeky who can go into your competitor's website and find out some information on what they are using to make them successful. Uh, have a look at their owner area. Many property managements say pay so little attention to this important part of their website. After all, you've got to have those owners in order to have those reservations. So, If you're not attracting owners, what's the point of trying to attract guests? Because you won't have the inventory to send them to. And then look at their About Us page. Is it bland? Is it generalised? Is it personal? Is it inviting? In general, you want to really get into the mindset of your competitors. Find out what they are doing. Now, many of them, many of your competitors are likely just to be advertising on Airbnb. That's it. They have no website Airbnb essentially is their website. So personally, I don't see these companies being sustainable unless they are in a strong urban market. But that's something else I'll come back to at another time. Another thing to do while you're researching the competition is, and this we, we did this, and if any of my competition is listening into this podcast, yes, we did it with you. We did a secret shopper exercise. And we made an inquiry as if we were a guest. And then we made an inquiry as if we were a potential owner. We didn't do it ourselves. We actually had other people do it for us. We didn't, we didn't hire anybody. We just asked some of our friends, do the secret shopper. These are the questions that you need to ask. This is what you need to be looking for. And then let's see how these competitors respond. I mean, I know, I mean, I've, I've been in this business a long time. I can tell a secret shopper when they come into our inquiries. It's the questions they ask and when they're on a fishing expedition, I know who you are. 
But anyway, going back to this, how do they respond? What's unique about their response? What communication systems do they use? Are, did you text them and they texted you back or are they stuck with emails or something else? Do they use live chat on their website? You want to, in your research part of this exercise, collect as much information. Then feed that into a competition spreadsheet. Should provide you with plenty of data to analyse and allow you to figure out what other successful property managers are doing that actually work. And really, I've got only a little bit more time here, just going to talk about finding your, your niche. And you need to find a niche for your two client groups, for your owners and for your guests. And these are going to be different. You know, for your owners, you might be out there looking for just investors. Those who are investing in a property, they're not family, they don't have a family property where they use it half the year and when they do use it, they bring their dogs and they don't tell you and they don't clean up after themselves and they tell you they have. Maybe you just want to go for investors. Maybe you do want to, if you're in a destination area, you're going to go after those pre-retirees, the people who have just bought a property because they want to retire to it eventually. This is a huge market and it's a very lucrative one. So you decide what is your niche with owners, what will be your unique selling point when you're speaking with them? And actually knowing if they are investors, if they are families who have second homes, or if those pre-retirees, you would actually approach each of them very, very differently. So you'd have a unique selling point for each one. And then on the guest side, how will you convince guests that your new company is different and delivers the best experience? Why should they come to you to rent a property and not rent it themselves on another platform? Why are they coming to your property management company? You need to know who your target guest market is. You know, who is it that's coming to your area? You need to understand about inbound tourism and the travellers that come into your market. If you're in, if you've bought, if you've got properties in an urban area, let's say in a college town, then your target market is going to be the families of those students at those colleges because these families come in regularly to go to games, to go to events, to visit their sons and daughters. That is a great target market in that particular area. So ask yourself these questions. They will drive your niche strategy. And it will help you define how and where you'll market. So while it's tempting to get going as fast as you can and just wing it, just like we did way back in 2003, the best way to start a business that will be sustainable is to focus on your strategy first. You need to put your plans in place and define how the business will go and you'll find this is time well spent. So I'm beginning to lose my voice. I, I, I get passionate about this because I love this business so much. One thing you may not know about me is that way back before I moved to Canada, I ran a training company uh, from about 1993 through to 2003. So about 10 years, I ran a company in the UK and we did management and marketing training for middle to senior managers. So some of them worked, many of them worked in the health system and we did training courses and workshops and presentations to help these managers manage better. So as part of that, I became a qualified adult education specialist. 
So I've been training adults, you know, people who are not children, for the past, oh gosh, too many years. Definitely you know, 30 years or so. And I have now decided that I want to put that together, put my training experience together with 17 years experience of managing my own property management company and having my own seven properties that I've rented over the years. I want to put combine all that. I want to bring you a comprehensive course that covers every aspect of building a property management company so that nobody has to go through the pain that I went through over the years. And over the course of the next few weeks, you're going to be hearing a lot more about short-term rental PM Pro, Property Manager Pro. We're just going to be calling it PM Pro to kick off with because it's easier. And very, very briefly, Property Manager Pro, PM Pro is a 12-module course spread over 12 weeks. In fact, it'll be 13 weeks because we've got a bit of an introduction. And each week, we're going to deliver a standalone module on a different topic each week. And one thing that really stands us apart from any other course you have seen anywhere is the fact that, you know, over the years doing this podcast, I have met some of the best experts in this industry. And I am honoured to be able to bring a number of those experts to you to help in the training of each module. So I'm not going to tell you who those experts are at the moment. You're going to have to go to the show notes and let me know that you're interested in hearing more about the PM Pro course, because we're going to be releasing a lot of stuff over the next few weeks. And we'll be telling you who all these experts are. And I have to say, I am so proud to be able to bring some of these people to you. So each week, I'll I'll just give you a little bit of of a snippet of what each week will be. We will have my training, which will be full video training in that particular topic. We will have Facebook Lives where you can ask questions and have hot seats. We'll be having a coaching session each week on Zoom, where you'll be able to come along and sit and answer questions of me and answer questions of our expert of the week. So you're going to get access to the best in the industry without having to spend the money to go to a conference and then hope that you can talk to them and ask ask your question after they've delivered their presentation, because that's not always the case. So the idea is we want to bring you the best so that you get the best training that I believe is out there today. So the modules are going to cover the hospitality mindset, the business of property management, the tech stack, all that software that you need to collect. And we want to make sure you make the right decisions. It's going to cover owner acquisition. And I'll I'll tell you the guest for that week, our our guest trainer that week is Brooke Fouts from Vintori.com. And this guy knows everything about owner acquisition. So, you know, just just that week alone, if you just wanted to cover that week and nothing else, then you're going to learn a huge amount. Of course, we're going to be talking about marketing. We're going to have two weeks on marketing. We'll have a module on staffing. Um, speaking to Sue Jones from 
uh, VR for HR, which is a human resources company that is focused on the vacation rental business. And Sue really knows her stuff. And then we have a module on owner relations, onboarding owner relations, guest relations, housekeeping and maintenance, data and revenue management, regulations, legislation and insurance. In short, we aren't missing out on anything. So I want to tell you so much more about this, but the podcast is probably not the place to do it. I want you to go over to the show notes and just that there'll be a spot there where you can sign up for more information as we release it over the next couple of weeks. There's no obligation. I'm just going to send you some information on the course and how it's put together. And and I'll be doing a couple of pre-course warm-ups so that you get some idea of how this is all going to be presented. I am so excited about bringing this to you. It's something I've been wanting to do probably about, I don't know, seven or eight years. And it's now finally happening. And it, it really is going to be the gold standard of training courses in this industry. So if you've got questions, any specific questions, you can email me heather at cottageblogger.com or heather at vacationrentalformula.com, whichever one you already have in your address book and ask me your questions and I will get back to you. Yeah, go over, get on the wait list. It doesn't mean you have to join the course, but it just means we will send you more information as and when it's released. We also have a Facebook group that we are opening this week for property managers. Uh, It's called the Business of Short-Term Rental Property Management. So I'd love you to join that as well because we'll be talking a lot about the course on that Facebook group and I will be doing a number of Facebook lives starting from next week when I explain a little bit more about um, different modules and how we're going to be presenting them. So that's it for now. I'm really am losing my voice. I am, oh yes, I am going to head out now, get me some, get me some water and, uh, and take a little bit of a break and, and I will be with you again next week week. It's been a pleasure as ever being with you. If there's anything you'd like to comment on, then join the conversation on the show notes for the episode at vacationrentalformula.com. We'd love to hear from you. And I look forward to being with you again next week.